Uh, hey everyone, welcome to another uh, episode of Art and Labor. Uh, I'm OK Fox. And I'm Lucia Love. Certified artist, solo show, uh, air horns blaring, let's go, opened up, open up this pit, upstate New York, prime fucking real estate, talk of the town, let's go. Yeah, yeah, free, free real estate, (laughs) Uh, in between every tree, it's a place that you can exist. Uh, No, I, I had an opening yesterday, and it was cool. Um, it was next to a nice pond and it was in an ice house and all my friends were there. All of my friends were there. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh God. I actually, that's so funny because I've been, I have had a bunch of the, um, that era of music stuck in my head since we went upstate. Yeah, it's, it's (laughs) contagious. The folk music will get you if you live. (laughs) Anywhere north of the Bronx. <laughs> Seriously. It's just like latches on. Yeah. You're going like, to get into psychedelic freak folk. Oh, Lucia, I stayed up all night. <laughs> no joke. I stayed up all night listening to Forever Changes Love and um, having weird epiphanies. Whoa. That's literally what I did after the opening. Damn. Well, I I mean, I count that as a successful (laughs) art venture then. If you can make it so that people don't sleep after they look at your stuff and then they have (laughs) to go on like a time warp journey through all of these like classic rock bands. Oh, man. It's like, (laughs) it's so good. Like it, I like, I really think it's like the quintessential American album in so many ways. Like, and I didn't appreciate it as as much as what when i was growing up as i did re-listening to it now i probably haven't listened to it in like seven years oh yeah and now and now it's your jam i mean it was my jam it was really my jam for quite a long time like i've i've always really loved that album but i just like i don't know i like take breaks from music for a really long time and just like kind of forget yeah. Oh, you can't listen to music all the time. I'm I'm convinced that it's actually not possible to register the sounds on a consistent basis. And then like pre-COVID, I would like get musical doses through through communal events. You know what I mean? Like yes. Yeah. Well, you were always going to shows and okay. um yeah, and you were actually seeing music. Yeah, or like going to, I don't know, like maybe a a drag show or some other type of event that would be playing music, you know, and... Oh, yeah. Seeing music, seeing dancing. Whatever. Seeing fashion, seeing people. Yeah, God, remember? That's like, and that's how also I think what really set me off was going to an event yesterday. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) I had a completely different experience. I'm sure um, you were stressed out. I mean, it, anytime there's an opening, I'm sure people can relate to this if you've been through the experience, but it's like, oh my God, all of these people are connected and they're connected to me. And, but then, you know, but why, how, what happened? I'm alive they're alive am i doing good (laughs) do they like it do do i need to host how much do i need to host are people having a good time yeah 
Yeah, just milling around, taking everyone's temperature, but <laughs> for fun, not for uh, and not for literally. COVID. No. <laughs> yes. Hey, did you get any warmer? Ugh. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I'm a little on one because I yeah I've just been I've just been a you know not sleeping. And then I did a bunch of stuff today, so. And I've just, I think I've been a little manic in general the past couple weeks. Yeah. I think it's probably because <laughs> you've, you've reached a new height in the um, potential for gaming to change your consciousness. And you're yeah. actually going to like break through this manic episode into a, <laughs> a new kind of human that has like hand eye coordination that could just like snap a fly out of the air yeah i already like i already like had a whole thing about like the game itself and like um the controversy around it and like yeah and now and then it got you into china yeah i got i got super into china it it indoctrinated me um got uh (laughs) like and now you're making now now all your tweets are like Xi Jinping did nothing wrong. I'm like, <laughs> seriously. Well, that was coincidental, okay? That was because a very stupid liberal take. Like, that could have been about any dumbass, le- like, lib, despot, whatever type of leader. Yeah. Um, but, like, it could have been any, it, it could have been Putin. It could, like, it, it could have been, like, insert the blank. But it was basically this Atlantic writer um, being like, oh here we go what did what what was in the atlantic something really really important for everyone to be brainwashed by this is so fucking stupid they're like uh xi jinping should really uh watch hamilton to understand the american uh whatever like (laughs) hey you know maybe that is a correct take because you would understand cultural appropriation (laughs) racism um like the way that the early roots of of protestant capitalism were like reformatted in in our country's uh construction and you and you would learn about how nerdy people's music tastes are Oh God, yeah. It just, yeah. You you would learn a lot about how Americans are brainwashed, um, and, but I'm thinking fucking knows that already. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't think he even considers brainwashing. I mean, as an as a leader, yeah. He's, no, he's a real nobody. straight shooter. <laughs> he doesn't think anybody does that stuff. You think the globalist cabal thinks about fucking brainwashing with you? No, no, no. Not, a, not, not a, maybe. I don't know. They're so straightforward about it all. <laughs> I can't imagine that. They're like, "Hey, do you want to get on my side?" And people just say yes. <laughs> I am like a total China apologist, though. Like, I'm, um, it's like since since having to defend the the critical position of how dare you play a game made in China. <laughs> um, absolutely illuminating stuff there from reddit.com or whatever. Yes. Um, <laughs> like uh, it's kind of cemented. Uh, it made me like be like, I need to cement 
this shit a little more. But also the other thing that set me off was the um, week or to two week long discourse from a very like bad faith account that is constantly doing shit like this uh, that said like, uh, um, what if, oh God, this is just stupid shit from Twitter. I'm sorry. This is the stupid shit. No, no, bring it. Lay it on me. Stupid shit from Twitter section. Uh, (laughs) Oh yeah. If you want to skip this, just go forward (laughs) a few minutes. Um, uh, so okay, there's no sex work under communism. What if oh. it's what if it's sex mutual aid instead? You and know what? This yeah. is actually a classic grape of mine. And it is, and like, and you were right about everything. And I and I, I think it made me particularly uh, really fucking annoyed because, like, like I wasn't this fucking stupid, but like this could have been me three years ago uh not understanding a lot of things and it's uh, just bizarre because like all of these arguments fundamentally reify the connection between sexuality and commerce to a point where it doesn't allow any expression of like this personal or maybe i mean dare i fucking say it like spiritual connection between people if they're just attracted to each other i mean even if you want to just play around with sex for power it's different than commerce yes you know there's just like such a whole other world of it and it's crazy when you get into leftist circles and they're like is there still gonna be sex work under communism hell yeah but we're gonna have free std tests and it's like, well, but wait, there's going to be no work, like no work at all. And yeah, you're just exactly. going to do what you want. Exactly. Um, and oh, I should have pulled this up before. But um, my like my original thing about it was I'm not going to fucking get into this. I'm not going to I'm not going to fall into the discord trap. OK, <laughs> yeah. I, I just like did some fucking research and found um uh the a, a really really good uh piece of writing from uh communist sex workers about this very question and um i posted that and i was just like why discourse when we can just read this and shut the fuck up <laughs> <laughs> yeah or at least address the text Right, you know. right, right, and and that and that 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 type of discourse actually was was very helpful because I don't mean to disparage my very good friend who then like followed up on that thread, being like, "What does this mean?" Like, unclear about stuff, unclear about like what I was saying, unclear about the text, and I think that is so much more fruitful than the discourse surrounding the original tweet. Oh, um, of course. So I, I, I mean, so, yeah, yeah. Just it's to a say, mess, though, yeah, out it's there. just yeah, it's all a mess. <laughs> Hold on, I'm gonna find this piece, um, and then I'm gonna put it in. Here it is, on sex work and the communist mode of production, um, by Komar B and Amber B, and it's it's so it's like it's so to the point and it's so it's it's on it's emotional to read it's very beautiful to me 
um, because it lays out like this, um, like vision that, like it it helps you because I don't think we can truly like imagine, um, what it would be like under communism. It's hard to imagine, but like the way they lay it out, it's like, oh yeah, um, gender as we know it wouldn't exist. So all of these things would be different. <laughs> and I was in yeah. like, and just like the way that it's laid out like that was very powerful to me. Um, but yeah, all of this to say like people fundamentally do, do not understand communism as the workers seizing the means of production, like as like a foundation. Um, and it well, just, it's, yeah, it's it, messy. <laughs> I mean, we, we were talking a bunch about, uh some some og figures yesterday and <laughs> it got me thinking about like i mean not to s take such a hard turn into mao right now but like we're getting yeah i was like setting the stage we're getting yeah 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 you're, you're right there yeah <laughs> yeah i mean i'm i'm thinking about like how it's possible for us to contend with these histories that are um like they're i don't know it's just they're so manipulative right. um and like all of the despotic rule that has used communism as its moniker it's just um it's god everyone has ptsd and then if you're in america you live in this uh in this little bubble where it's impossible to escape capitalist realism yeah and it's like and so then you get this weird fusion of um like a an attempt at dreaming of of a future where you're free but then not knowing how to define that and then realizing like when you get to that point all of the underpinnings of what you know about identity or what you know about how to build a society will also be different. So you would have like yes. all different words for everything. You would just have a different consciousness. Yeah. And you, yeah. And the, the one thing that we do know is like the, the production of like this, this human agency would be the after effects. Yeah, things yeah, it would just be fundamentally different. Like um and the uh yeah, I don't I I don't know if 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 reading reading a part of this essay would be helpful um but it goes into yeah, it, like it 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 really lays out like the the capitalist mode of production as it is now and then like under communism what um like what that mode of production would look like or or you know and and like and just totally yeah lays out like you were saying before like yeah a, a lot of like things that we consider work now would not be work <laughs> yeah um and and it's fine and it's I mean, fine. I and I I think the issue with everyone's kind of relationship to this stuff is like, oh, we've just spent so long trying to qualify our existence um, as workers that we can't let go of 
this definition because then we lose ground in the battle of like civil rights as we've currently built the system. Yeah, and people don't understand that though the the battle for civil rights was a liberal reform. Yeah. Um in a lot of ways. It's a li- it's a yeah, it's a liberal reform. It's also something that people are using not to to die. <laughs> it's like it's it's just it whatever it is kind of classified as you know the fight for sex workers rights is like a life or death situation absolutely. yeah absolutely i'm not trying to um i'm not trying to say that that's a bad thing and like and i think that's what no yeah yeah i think that's what um put me on this whole like sort of manic episode essay thing i wrote that i wanted to read to you Oh, hell yeah. (laughs) But it was like, it started, yeah, it started with, you know, trying to, um, like first, first I was like trying to, to figure out this, this essay written by these communist sex workers. Um, and, uh, so that's like the context I wrote it in, Uh, but I want to read part of that essay first because it's like so much better than my fucking writing. Um, (laughs) Uh, this was my favorite part of that essay um, on the co- communist mode of production um, and sex work. Uh, so, uh, so long as patriarchal ideas and bourgeois bourgeois economics exists, it can certainly, as long as exchange relations are still utilized and people must work to eat, there will be room for such practices. However, simply because it exists does not mean we should be at peace with it or the foundations which make it possible. The commodification of human intimacy results in the same objectifying practices which are present in all forms of labor, the reduction of human beings to their use values. For the productive laborer, that means the reduction of their humanity to their hands um, to their hands, strength, or dexterity, which proves useful in the production of commodities. For the service worker, it means a reduction to their servile capacity. And for a sex worker, it of course means the reduction of themselves to their sexuality. The economic aspect of that exchange is dependent on the fact that everyone must participate in the bourgeois economic system. They must sell their labor or shift about their existing finances built from the labor of others in order to obtain that which they need to survive. Why would this relation continue through the socialist transition towards communism in the communist mode of production there is no such commodification or exchange for commodities in fact there are no commodities whatsoever the exchange value which is so vital to the creation of a commodity is no longer present instead we have a circulation and utilization of use values and all production and labor is undertaken freely for the creation and distribution of those use values. Where would sex and sexuality fit into this construction? Would there still be a need for sex as a form of social labor, which a group of people would be inclined to fulfill? Um, I love it. It's so 
it's so good. And then the ending is like my favorite part because it like it lays out this like sort of like post like like that communism would necessitate like an elimination of gender as we know it now. Yeah. Um okay. <laughs> this is gonna sound maybe a little little goofy, but it reminded me of something. Um okay, there's this Sasha Gray movie. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> okay it's um it's actually it's not one of her porn movies though it's okay. like when she's um you know she's she's doing like horror movies and she's like in the girlfriend experience or whatever but um so she's in this movie and it's called would you rather and um it's like the plot of it is that there's this sadistic kind of um game that's like saw or whatever but uh it's people will compete for money uh you know they don't compete to like just stay alive they 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 do need money but um in this in this movie it's like a girl uh is caring for her younger brother and um she's gotta play this game uh so that she can afford health care for her brother oh my god um yeah i don't know i was thinking about it because like you know sasha gray is one of these crossover uh personalities that manages to leave the realm of just being like a sexualized person and then can be sort of seen as like i don't know an artist yeah <laughs> um i of course everyone's taste uh gets involved when you throw a term around like that but um i like that you know she's like participating in making a statement about how health trying to get health care for someone is um is a murderous nightmare <laughs> and that like she starts out as a sex worker and goes into these kind of statements oh, yeah. um i don't know it's a it's halloween season yeah uh it's a scream fest fave from 2012 <laughs> that's that that sounds great and like yeah and and i think sex workers are very well positioned for understanding um you know uh for like envisioning this like uh a a, a better world the, the a communist future and like I fucking love every sex worker I've kn I know and they're all surviving and incredible and I'm not please don't take anything that I'm saying as like like uh fucking you know uh I I you know Oh yeah no it's not about it's not about like limiting yeah. anything it's like about recognizing the current circumstances the fight for rights the fight to be able to conduct yourself with dignity. And then it's also about giving yourself the horizons to have a dream where the whole world can be liberated and can find themselves like living a more fluid existence that doesn't keep you relegated to making a living based on anything that could easily, you know, be disrupted or and and just and criminalized yes, yes. and 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 I would say like yeah like like it is possible to e examine the liberal dogma of like 
fucking uh, the status quo. You know, it's it's possible to examine that and, ima- and imagine beyond that. And like, we we don't have to like because I saw all these takes like like oh, just because your particular type of socialism doesn't include uh, sex work, blah blah blah. And it's like, what are we talking about? Yeah. What specifically are we talking about? Well, this is. <laughs> I mean that's that's an interesting thing. Go like circling back to Mao. Yes. Because after we were talking, I was thinking about his um, essay, like on contradictions. Yeah. And then the way that his entire path to this like leader of the Communist Party was to continuously breed these sort of like shit show fights amongst people (laughs) who like honestly could have probably worked in solidarity because there would be times that were recorded in like you know um rural uh uh, farmland china where it would be like that person has three chickens and i only have two um like they're they're a landlord and i'm gonna go kill them and it's fine (laughs) but i was given this information like let's rumble <laughs> let's just do it yeah i mean i i i really think it is it is extremely helpful to have a, a um to have a, um leaders with an s um that i i think it's 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 i think it's an, i think it is an important part of organizing um but yeah it's like if you have like billions of fucking people and one guy <laughs> like well, he did. He did have a whole party working. I mean, of course, with, of with course. Him. I, 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 and I, you know, I don't know. And they tried to, they tried to actually like overthrow him too. Um, when they realized, like after the famines, um, that it was, uh, how many people were actually suffering under this, um, you know, iron fist of an idea that like all all produce goes to the state um yeah his like his second in command uh came out against him and mao then spent the next 10 years plotting to um slowly torture him to death by locking him up and keeping him from the insulin he needed it's like, yeah, it's it, it, it is it is so Such insane. It is so insane how like they could like they could recognize like these problems in the Soviet Union and then like couldn't figure out how to resolve it themselves. Like it's Oh yeah. Well that was also I mean, you know, it was kind of like built into I think the way Mao got people agitated by saying like, No, the contradiction is the fundamental engine of the um material dialectic and if we can actually produce that then um the murder of mass amounts of people becomes this like thrilling proof to everyone that things are working instead of like um oh my god we're completely out of control and starving to death i i will i will give mao um credit for accomplishing a fuck load of like uh, you know like pulling just you know millions and millions of people out of poverty um it's 
it's you know but it's it, you can't you can't be you cannot be enough like i i think it's extremely stupid when like people online are like like really fucking standing like like a like fans of like true tankies yes 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 i'm not like i'm i'm certainly not going um going the the fucking i'm I'm certainly never i don't think going to to go the full fucking tanky route but i have found mao's writing to be very personally helpful to me lately oh god i have a lot of trouble reading it because he's (laughs) such like um he like glosses over these things that i think are pretty important like he um he's he he was like famously against the sciences and any kind of like proof-based learning (laughs) uh and and for me that just puts him in this like evangelical camp that i i I it's kind of it's kind of like religious philosophical like that's like i think what um what was interesting to me about it like just visiting it as like more more like um more like the Mao is the philosopher than like you know yeah because it, it's like in practicality he was like batshit insane he's like yes. kill all of the sparrows because that's why you don't have enough food and then he actually got all of these people to kill all the birds and then all of these insects came and ate the rest of their crops and it's like you need science dumb dumb just go to science class. Like <laughs> I have no idea how you stayed in power so long with ideas like this. Like what? I think I, I think it. I think it is because he synthesized like you know um, he he tried or at least tried to like synthesize the like Confucian thought with Marxist thought, and I think that that had a lot of popular appeal to people. Oh, well, I don't know. Yeah, maybe. But I think it could have also been more like he actually um, was like was really good at towing the line of like getting nationalist support against uh, the Japanese. Yeah. Training soldiers like absolutely like he was he was he was so good at just pitting people against each other. So he would he was like Stormfront. Yeah, I mean it's absolutely nationalistic project. It's it's. It- but he wasn't a, he wasn't a nationalist because there was like two camps in China. There was the nationalists and the communists. But he would like toe the line, and he would get he would like rouse nationalist I, sympathy. I honestly don't see how you could organize ch- like a country as big as China without some sort of nationalism. Like I like. It just feels like how else would I just like I can't even like put myself in the shoes <laughs> at that point. I'm just like it's it's it just it's, it just seems so such a cr- insane feat that he yeah that he was able to stay in power at all. Like I yeah, I, yeah, I, it's <laughs> like, just what, wild. what is the unifying thing? And like, and I'm always like just really overwhelmed with like ha- like how old the cult like Chinese culture is compared to us in America. Like it's so. Yeah. Like this, the, 
the empire before him it's just wasn't it it was around from like 1600 up to like 1930 or something then that was like one empire and then mao came and was like bam how do you how do you not like appeal like have you know like at that point when you have this country that's been unified around this particular culture for uh thousands and thousands of years yeah like i don't fucking know i guess i like i guess utilize nationalism to 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 help lift people out of poverty and to build like industrial power and shit like but it wasn't even it wasn't even that you know he was just focusing so much on like the agrarian uh you know proletariat that it ended up just being like let's control everyone by taking away everything that people need to live and forcing everyone to work because we've got this iron grip on food and then like we're going to torture everyone publicly if they have any food of their own or if they make any private sales of their own or even if we just kind of feel like it because we just haven't tortured anyone in a minute yeah, I mean, I it's it's fucked it's it's fucked up, but it's also like what has propelled them to the state that they're at now. I like yeah. I mean, I've thought this. I've thought it through in the same regards, like around um, Stalin. Yeah, but at the same time, you know, if we have this, if we have this discussion that's open about you know, reconsidering sex work and what it would look like to have a world um, where we don't um, have to work and we don't, you know, we just redefine all these terms. It's like, what if we also have a world where it's completely unnecessary to um, have a genocide to change things? Yeah. And it's actually just a it's it's just a huge tragedy. I, I don't know. You know, it's like I I just think it's interesting and I flip back and forth cuz I I totally understand what you're saying like we don't know how things could get done aside from how they happened. Right. Right. It's in it and it's I think it's like the main um the main uh hurdle to um a lot of organizing is like once uh like once you get into like um theoretical stuff it's like oh well in the past communists did this but it's like if we had if we were able to build or organize properly like if we had a a, an actual left party that could actually have some level of enforcement and accountability um much more so than whatever bourgeois fake democracy we're operating under now um maybe we could with the use of like modern technology or whatever there wouldn't have to be um you know uh brutal (laughs) brutal re-education camps and um murders of landlords maybe there could be another way that we could all figure out together um yeah, I I don't know. I like I like keeping some door open to that utopia, even if everyone 
and even like you know i oh god i think i'm just getting soft today or something usually i'm like <laughs> no man you know leadership it's it's wild and crazy i mean and i you go, just gotta grip it and rip it <laughs> i go back and forth all the fucking time about it and that's why speaking of this fucking manic fucking essay i wrote um oh yes like about this very thing rereading i i i went and i i i just started you know thinking and second guessing all of like you know my things the um trying to think about things critically and like understand its context and in history and um and whatever and and then i just like was like i i returned to um angles i i returned to um uh fucking um of uh, socialism u- utopian and and scientific mm. um to try to organize my thoughts and that's why um i don't i don't really stand by this essay i think it is just a stream of consciousness thing that i am still working through i do not have all the answers i am i am not an orthodox marxist i don't think because i don't think i'm read enough to be so um oh god i don't know <laughs> if that's what you need to be an orthodox marxist i well i just don't think i understand it enough to say if i am or not um right 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 that's all right, i'm right, saying right, 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 right. um but this was my last week's medic episode um writing um so i'm reading angles again uh, like a good little Marxist, trying to wrap my head around the fundamentals again, not to be a dogmatist. I'm also revisiting Fanon and Federici. I wish I could understand the Orthodox Marxist take on the two of them. How do I? F- how do I find that without getting lost in the postmodern hell of academia? I know we all hate the discourse, but for ev- for whatever reason, uh, it often ends up pushing me to organize my thoughts. I'm sure a good teacher would be far superior to whatever psycho or no, to that's not what I said. I said to whatever, <laughs> to whatever, to whatever zoom zoomer psyop tweeting about sex work under communism uh, really, made, nice. really made, nice me, <laughs> really made me want to read socialism, utopian and scientific again. Um, and then I say uh, the new way. Uh, parasocial video on YouTube gets millions of views, which translates to podcasts or streams. This translates to money somehow. Old way. Perform a show. A couple dozen people show up. The door or gallery cut isn't hideous. This translates to money somehow. The cheap rent lasts uh, long enough to cover this lifestyle for a while. The Medicaid and SNAP lasts long enough to cover this lifestyle for a while. Mom and dad make enough to cover this lifestyle for a while. Or it doesn't, and that's the precarious life. Millions of people in this situation, who do they work for? I've been thinking about the artisan. I'm always thinking about that because of this podcast. (laughs) Because, Because as a class, it's a sticking point. And all all of these independent creators would have to dissolve under a state authority in order to achieve communism, right? I think so. I mean, I didn't go to grad school, but I've been in several reading groups. Does that count for something? Um, there are there are two popular tendencies within whatever passes for the American leftist media right now. One are libertarian socialists, maybe like Bookchin, 
which I think is basically some form of anarchism. Um, I'm not saying that as a pejorative, but to help me narrow down the differences, I think there is some overlap between libertarian socialists and utopian socialists. Um, perhaps I would characterize that overlap as democratic socialists. Um, there is a small group of principled Marxists that are constantly splintering. A lot of it seems to stem from personal social issues or other inscrutable pathologies. I, should, I shouldn't be dismissive of that, but I wish we could imbue ourselves with a higher sense of purpose and find a way to address grievances swiftly. The issue with both of these tendencies is their inability to produce a coherent political strategy, which I'm afraid ultimately fuels liberalism. What often makes the most sense to me as a political strategy also fills me with terror and dread, mainly uh, scientific socialism, identifying the sections of the proletariat that is best positioned materially for a revolution. Am I, uh, am I afraid of the current liberal order or, or am I more afraid of the current liberal order or revolution? In truth, I am afraid of both only because the American section of the proletariat is in such a woeful position. It feels like suicide and I'm too comfortable for suicide. It's frustrating because if we were better organized, it wouldn't be suicide, but we may be out of time. Uh, while we do our best to survive in a dying empire, the liberal order will continue to overthrow nascent socialist governments and fund counter-revolutions to maintain the status quo, to maintain their standard of living in the established order. It's truly sickening. I sympathize with the separatist anarchist here. I would love to drop out, but all that does is play pretend or build a new nationalism. I think we might... we we might be the vanguard whether we want to be or not perhaps acting like it would be useful to whoever does emerge in a viable revolution um america is so fucking weird so fucking young it's difficult for a historical materialist to understand if i had to take a guess about our best chance at at revolution I would say it was somewhere in the 50s through 70s window, the brutal per period of, um, of brutal anti-communism, the protests against the draft, and when the black radical tradition was destroyed by the police state with any survivors content with the civil rights movement or absorbed into the institutions, reforms or suicide, that's the choice for the anti-American American, and it's miserable. I think we're on we're potentially on the french the france path um after trump and biden die we're gonna be stuck with some dumbass technocrat like de blasio for the whole country i guess that puts france and nyc in a similar position probably many western cities share this position having an actual organized labor force that have been made mostly defunct by globalization but are still hugely important locally hence uber killing the cab tech disruption becomes necessary to capitalism and while and we see their ranks rise within the ruling class i might even believe in the existence of a labor aristocracy i guess bakunin would argue that all organized labor is the aristocracy of the proletariat as a whole but that isn't what i mean um uh here's where i need to revisit fundamentals again because i'm not sure where the line is if i had to guess where in late stage capitalism for real and the technocrat emerged to stretch this out longer 
Um, when I think about production, I think about the global south. How can we make ties to the global working class? When I think about our direct supply chains, I think about trucking and migrant farm workers. How do we link, the, link these two groups that are completely pitted against each other? How do we overthrow opportunists in union leadership? How do we overcome bourgeois electoralism? That's where the dread comes in because organizing um, communist economic campaigns and political campaigns within an all-encompassing neoliberal order in the United States is pretty dreadful. Organizing and failing over and over again is awful. It gets dangerous pretty quick these days as well. But I think uh, I think that is part of the process of, of raising us up from amateurs to revolutionaries. I don't know. <laughs> oh, is it? Is it? That it, was it. it done? Oh, nice. I just that was um, me trying to fucking yeah organize like exactly the our where our conversation went naturally. Um, talking about the recent discourses, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I kind of I kind of spaced out a little bit. It's okay. I, it was longer than I realized. I thought it was shorter. No, that's cool. <laughs> I mean, it just, uh, yeah. It, I mean, oh, fuck. I don't. I don't know. I don't it know. just sort of. Uh, there's no answers. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I guess for me, you know, I've kind of. I just take all this stuff at arm's length because um, it seems like the only time we're ever going to be able to act is when we know what to do. And in the meantime, we've been doing so much managing of each other and managing of definitions. And I just, I, I just wonder if like, you know, this whole discourse around being the right kind of leftist or like what the right kind of revolutionary tactics are is um, a framework that needs to be opened up because um, it just keeps like bringing people to these circular logics where we can see everything in hindsight right and then we can't actually conceive of a future and work towards it so um yeah that's why i'm like if we had well what if we did have like of a, a coherent political program that we actually like were disciplined enough to fucking follow um I, I don't I don't know that's see that just sounds crazy to me too like <laughs> that's what the, the is like oh if only we were disciplined enough to follow the right thing to do it's like no that no I don't know I don't I don't think that that's life I I don't know I honestly don't know and then yeah and that's the thing nobody does nobody does know but there's a lot of this sort of pressure to know something or to like produce the diamond of of human suffering i will say it would be helpful if i if i did if i if i did have you know a something like a you know a leninist conception of a of a party 
that um, I could participate in and that I could feel accountable to. You know what I mean? Because I... I have no, I don't have, I don't know what that means at all, I, actually. That's, that's like antithetical to the way that I like want to live. <laughs> I mean, that's fine. But I think for me personally, I crave it sometimes. And I, I feel it like, because right now I feel accountable to my neighbors because I've decided like that this neighborhood is my home and that I am planted here and I am committed to it and committed to the organizing work that the 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 tenants union I'm in um, decides on, you know, democratically and collectively, and that helps ground me in a way um, that I think is is very helpful to organizing, and I think really helps a lot of my neighbors, not through my my personal self, but through the group I'm in. You know, um, yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, that's that just sounds a lot different than this like official party that you are accountable to in a way that sounds kind of ominous. Yeah. I don't I don't really like I don't really resonate with any of that language, I guess. That's I'm more, fair. a little more um yeah, it just makes me really uh nervous and like oh, this just sounds, you know, like the inevitable kind of iron side of Marxist rhetoric where you end up not being able to fulfill your self. Well, I guess it's like, how do, how do, yeah. How, how, how is there, how do we f- figure out a way to build a, a trust in people that aren't, you know, my, my literal direct neighbors, you know, that's, I guess what I'm getting at. Um, you, you know, um, because there's only so much that we can, um, do, um, yeah, I don't know. (laughs) I mean, I've been thinking about things in regards to releasing myself from all labels and finding out what I am instinctually drawn to do and then building up from there in a sense of like thinking of the way um, the, I don't know. I think about the way that the art world functions and I think about how group shows work where everybody builds a piece and nobody is telling you what to build but you're in the show and you made something and then you put all the pieces together and it's a collective that's larger than the sum of its parts. And, uh, you know, I think about the possibility of changing society in the way that we're able to change consciousness through these kinds of communications. And um, if everyone is, is given this sort of ability to identify for themselves how best to perform, then we avoid this sort of like putative language of like, um, you know, thou shalt do X, Y, and Z for the party. (laughs) I mean, I've, I don't know. I kind of have, um, 
I don't I I don't get the the same instincts there. To me, I'm like I I really think it's beautiful how how hard they tried, um, and and what they could accomplish through through those means. And is there a way to just refine it? That um, rem- removes any possible accusation or legitimate form of brutality. Um, Cause I th- wait, are you talking about Mao again? Not necessarily just like the, the idea of a party and, and being, I don't know, just in general, like, I, I don't know. I think it's, I think a lot of things that like, you know, nascent socialist governments are able to accomplish. I think about Bolivia all the time. I think about how like the uh, Eva Morales's party was so grounded in both like um, a, a form of nationalism, but that is also very liberatory for like the most like marginalized and taken advantage of um, indigenous folks, um, namely, and like how much he was able to accomplish. And if he, if he had had, more support from um larger uh if if it could exist like i don't know uh like a a larger uh socialist government and maybe he could have stayed in power and they could have fought the insane fucking coup that happened there and that ended in a far-right massacre of um hundreds of people just like after like successfully like polling um you know 70 percent of the country out of uh illiteracy and poverty and shit like it's just like you know that was a that is a beautiful party that is a beautiful fucking party that that they were able to get together peacefully for the most part you know yeah, yeah, yeah. And they, no, I, I'm sure. Same thing with Iran before, exactly. You know, or Iraq, or the most of the Middle East. Same thing with a lot of places that we've intervened and decided to apply some kind of um, brutal measures to make sure that we maintain supremacy. I don't know. This is just making me think of like um, Carl Schmitt's writing not familiar uh i guess he's like a little edgy but um just he discusses the the necessity of building like the um underpinnings of nationalism and how conflicts are uh they're they're kind of built upon these um the dichotomies that are enforced by rhetoric. And I guess, I don't know, for me, I I think I'm, I'm just sort of like, yeah, I love, I love the idea of literacy and I love the idea of people getting food and I love the idea of people having a beautiful life, but I don't love the idea of the way that our country operates. And I don't exactly know how to direct people 
through an actual scenario other than to say like, well, you know, look at all these countries doing things. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, there's a lot of examples, but that doesn't make it any clearer to me like what we should actually do and everything that gets proposed gets a little bit scary because people kind of sound like they're like, you know, get on my side. It's politics, baby. And it's like, it's, it's fucking. I know. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's insane. Totally fucking and insane. it's directionless. And all of these politicians are like anti-science wackos. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I think I would rather I, I would rather know the way that material actually functions rather than like directing people to manipulate the material without understanding. Like I'm I'm afraid of um the charisma that makes everybody kill the birds. That kill kill the what you cut out. Like uh you know, I'm afraid of the charisma that makes everybody kill the birds for the party. Or, like, the charisma that makes, you know, women into, like, a communal object. Or, the you know, it's like, once you enter into these agreements, we've seen how bad things can go. And while there are examples of things going well, it's like, I just, I don't know if I have enough stable faith in organization to say, like, oh, we just have to apply X, Y, and Z, and it'll work out for us. I mean, for for sure, but then it's just directionless. Um, well, I mean, just for right now, because I just am thinking, and I I am not going to join uh, onto anything right now. Yeah, I'm just that. I mean, so that's like basically what you know what i what i was getting at before when i'm saying like if we did have a party that functioned x y and z way i could see myself getting involved in that party you know i just don't see it right now i don't see like i i see that locally very locally with my literal neighbors you know but i don't see that um functioning say in the dsa the the dsa i think um is completely directionless <laughs> and i think they have they don't uh, they're it's just it completely depends on which chapter and what's you know i think it's like there there are caucuses that i could see myself getting in, more involved in um potentially um but it, yeah i just wish uh, uh you know uh, I I wish there was something like my fucking tenants union, but for a uh, a national political party uh, that that could potentially hopefully be in solidarity with uh, a similar international political parties. Yeah, that would be cool. <laughs> I mean, and in, in the damn. past that was different communists. So I I I, I revisit them in history as e an exercise. <laughs> yeah 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 it sounds good <laughs> and 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 because of the 
the weird sort of directionlessness that America's in now, that's why I think we're just going to end up with the blandest possible technocrat, um, like, you know, like, like Kamala Harris. <laughs> well, may I mean, maybe, you know, I, I'm wondering if we're just going to get a Biden term and then we're going to get another like horrible, yeah, just that could another happen. horrible shit show. Yep. That's, and this is the other thing. I'm like, I, I only know it's bad. <laughs> and I, I'm tired of like, <laughs> I don't know. I think I'm just deeply tired. That's fair, dude. You just had a big just, show, man. It was a lot of work. <laughs> you just like yeah. put together like a, a very like, you know, years long body of work and finally showed it like. Well, yeah, but the thesis of the show is also about considering yourself as an individual and meditating on the power that you are able to harness yourself and putting that towards a conception of, like, freedom. And for me to be spending this much time thinking about what it means to direct oneself and to try and locate within yourself how, um, like how things are uh, operating on you. Like, at what point do, do you end, and does ideology begin? Yeah. yeah. And you know, <laughs> if you try to navigate all of this stuff um, without considering what you're accepting whole cloth, then the conclusions that you're going to get to are going to inevitably lead to these same destructive ends that we've been seeing once they're scaled up and once power gets involved. And for me, I've just been in this place of really taking a step back, trying to remove myself from everything um, that is um an identity marker and then showing up for things that i feel like can actually be useful or helpful or if somehow i'm just going off of instinct instead of um really trying to use terminology or trying to root myself in a history um i think that's like of of really valid way to live in a in a really good and healthy way to live i like i think i i just yeah. i get trapped in the in the twitter discourse and i get trapped in the like in in the misunderstandings and and weird uh <laughs> weird threads that that shit goes on um so i just don't feel like it's possible for me personally, to go off of instinct, I feel like I'm always being informed by um, things beyond my uh, singular consciousness. Yeah, I guess I'm just not that online. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's what it comes down to. I mean, I'm just, it's like I go about my days and then <laughs> I'm like, oh, I should help someone just because they're here and they need help. Like, I don't, and then I just, I'm like, okay, well, that's cool. My day consisted of me 
doing something that I wanted to do and then helping someone. And then I check in online and I'm like, wow, this place is crazy. <laughs> and then I try to get some lols and then I'm like, I'm done. I just don't, I don't care if that makes me like horribly out of touch anymore. I think that's like totally fair. And I think that, um, yeah, that, that difference, like it, it keeps you on your toes like I don't know it keeps me on my toes to talk to you because I it's just like yeah I don't I don't think it's I don't think it's like healthy to um just completely <laughs> I don't know yeah don't 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 submerge shit. yourself dive into that muck <laughs> well but but to to kind of like tie everything together it's like I I think that maybe the apparatus that we use to order society is um, like a problematic element that we could potentially open a conversation to. And like, there's been some interesting discussion in the DSA around what a a new left party um, could conceivably look like and operate like. And I like this sort of, like deconstructing reconstructing social connections but based on the necessity of our time and based on people's experience and um if we can get to that point where we have a place like a mutual aid group where you can dip in and do some service and you can affect change in your surroundings but it's somehow connected to a point where we have um you know connected nodes that reach nationally or to places where there are say like food deserts or places where we don't have healthcare or you know all kinds of whatever issues we could come up with then i would feel more comfortable thinking about that like a holistic place of um management where we can see our needs um like see them through but then also not be bound in some kind of a way through like guilt or through shame or through fear to build a better tomorrow (laughs) like yeah I, i yeah i mean i'm i'm of course like for doing all that but like lately like i gotta say like i've i've been I've been understanding the um some of the like of uh, communist critiques of mutual aid um in action with like the the group that I'm involved in cuz I see the state taking advantage of all of the fucking f- free like, like distribution labor that all these groups are doing like it, it it's it's <sighs> they're, they're, oh man, I, I don't know. I, I don't know how much detail I want to get into. Sorry. But oh, that's fine. It's just like, um, why is it like this, man? Like, like it's so frustrating. How, how much longer can we maintain this? Like how much longer can we pass around our, um, residual unemployment benefits or, um, 
you know, extra money we're not putting into retirement because we just don't plan on retiring or whatever to, uh, you know, keep alive the people the government is trying to just literally, you know, sweep up into a cage or, you know, starve. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, but I don't think anybody does. Yeah. I think that, you know... If we get to a place where maybe it's better understood how the individual does act in concert with these systems in order oftentimes to, you know, uh, exploit uh, untold numbers of, of faceless citizenry, then we might get to a point where we can retool a system to a place where it is not possible to see the kind of excess. And I don't know, it's just thinking about like, how, how can I be a good person and what is a good person and what it, like, what does it mean to build something really small and try to make that good? And then how does that fit with everything else? And I don't know, you know, try to maybe apply that experiential knowledge to what I'm seeing with all of this kind of just people who are horrendous, like the leadership that we're experiencing now, it's, it's psychotic, horrendous, fucking horrifying, um, ungodly, (laughs) like, I don't know. I just, I, I guess, you know, just thinking of like, how can you, how can, how can you have a world that is better without people understanding that they need to actually govern themselves? Because these people are not governing themselves. The people who are exploiting situations, the state taking advantage of mutual aid, they should be able to fucking control themselves. The, the billionaires who are like, just hand over fist destroying the entire planet to make it so that none of us can live. They need to fucking control themselves or they need a final solution. (laughs) You know, I mean, it's, but this is it. It's like, and then who would do that? Cause I'm not, I'm not a killer. You know, I'm, I control myself. I don't even, I can't even access that impulse. Like, right but they can and they do and what do you do about that and how do you talk to an individual like that and, it's, and they're and- going to exist whether yeah whether you know you as an individual like it or not so it's like how how can that you know how how can these existing bullshit fucking garbo fucking um military industrial <laughs> um situations uh, be be um, either dismantled or fucking utilized, <laughs> like meaning meaning yeah. like you know the fucking national guard distributing food. No, absolutely. I don't know. God. <laughs> I yeah. And and then so the other thing, it's like I don't know either. <laughs> I but I, I I realize that the the issue is like even if we have this even if we have this party, you know, even if we, even if we like look at Evo Morales or even we look at like, even if we look at the brief point in time when Venezuela was, uh, you know, building itself, it's like 
all of these things are going to be for nothing if we don't figure out how to deal with the uh the exploitative aspects of the individual yeah that's just so frustrating to me (laughs) it is it's well i mean we've been dealing with two different aspects of you know it's like it frustrates me to think about a party because i think about the individual and then i just think about being exploited in different ways once that scales up and i i just think about you know the dark heart of man, I guess. Well, <laughs> and it's just like I mean, maybe the site of struggle and the site of change is 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 not going to involve um uh the people of the United States necessarily like I know it'll it will because it has to in some way, but Oh yeah, we'll insert ourselves. I mean yes, we'll always fucking be involved in fucking everything. We're gonna show up to the party, are you kidding? <laughs> but maybe our our role in that will be different than um of that of like a a, a a scientific Marxist idea of a revolutionary. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. But I think it, I guess it just feels worthwhile. Yeah, all of it's worthwhile. I mean, I think like, you know, your writing was really insightful and definitely opened up this conversation for us. That's that's like was my point of, because I don't know if I even fucking stand by fucking any of it. I just like needed to get it out there. Well, yeah. I mean, how how could you not? It's all it's all exemplary, but it's just sort of like it leaves you in the place that you started out with. You know, at, you know. I can't because it's I like, can't resolve we don't, it myself. Honestly, I needed to get it out there. <laughs> yeah, and nobody can resolve this themselves. It's just going to take so much more work that that all of us have to piece together. Which is why I keep thinking of this group show mentality where everyone is working on a piece of this and we have to be able to bring it together somehow without, you know, invalidating any part of it. Yeah. And like, like, it's Yeah. Like a lot of, a a lot of like, yeah. Or orchestration or something like, like, like that made me think of like an orchestra because that's like a much bigger version of a group show or something all, all playing in concert. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> but then but I mean the orchestra is all playing the same thing. Right. Though. You know, and that's what it that's what I'm like, oh that's and ah, then and no. then the, it, what if you it, just want to play a different song, but your, it's still art. It ticks your it ticks your uh I knew it would. That's why I wanted to bring it up. Like what is it like I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean I specifically am thinking of the group yeah. show because everyone's concepts work in concert. Instead of everyone playing one person's idea. Right. Uh, right. I don't. Yeah. Fuck. I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I just find a lot of hope in it because it's like if you allow people the space to build connections between their work, they find out that they're not alienated, you know, and that's if you have this group show and then you let the theme be discovered by the artists as they are you know building the space together i think it's beautiful and possible amongst artists um how, i guess but i think everybody how, how does everyone become an is, artist everyone is already an artist <laughs> it's just like you know people have been separated from their creative nature and then we're told to like kind of 
you know, participate in the cult of expertise to some degree, which I know maybe I'm sounding a little like Mao and getting a little anti-science, right? But um, I, I think I think you're kind of getting at the um, for a free re- and revolutionary art um, uh, kind of thinking, honestly, if I'm yeah, like it, that's what came to mind to me immediately. In some regards, but not in a way where I think, you know, I think that maybe Trotsky was being a little more literal where like, oh, you're liberated and then you can be more creative. I think it's like that we're already so creative and we're told not to put any value in the ways that we're, you know, creating our lives. I, th- I mean, I definitely think that's true. And I think that if we did have um, a, a way of mass communicating that, it would help a lot of people, but it wouldn't help the people who are in such fucking garbage, precarious situations that, like, when do they even have time to absorb this information? Um, and, yeah... Well, that's why I just don't, that's why I'm thinking outside of texts. It's like, you know, I just keep thinking like, what if you could, what if there was a way to make people feel like they actually do have power? Because we're so demoralized. I would love to see it. (laughs) I know. I don't know. I don't know how it works. I don't know how you convince someone that they actually have power. And it and it has to be kind of like, yeah. That know. gets really that gets really heady to me, and I think it I think it's just gonna yeah get us back into the circular logic, frankly, because yeah 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 <laughs> definitely. I mean, it's and that's we're doing figure eights. We really are. <laughs> but I I'm sure it's helpful to whoever is listening. I don't know that maybe they can write into us. Yeah, 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 yeah. We want to do a debate with Kush Vlog. Actually, we want to do um, we we want to do a Jordan Peterson uh, Zizek debate with the with Kush. I think Vlog. that'd be really interesting. Um, <laughs> uh, I feel like I I feel like I'd I'd fall somewhere in between uh what you're saying and what he's saying or something. I feel. <laughs> Well, yeah, because they're like extremely classical Marxist, like, yes, it must be this, this perfect base building. Like, I understand it, though. I understand it. I, I like it. It is a it. It's it just the the material analysis feels sound to me. And I and it, and I understand being gravitated towards that. um that grounding um i guess i have a, I, I but yeah like i was saying before i guess i have a harder time um being uh alone with myself separate from uh separate separate from whatever i'm absorbing <laughs> uh yeah i mean that's why i just feel like we need a system that uh allows space for different kinds of people yeah i think i think that but i think that that debate would be really fascinating and illuminating and i think it's necessary to have those um have these sort of um like all these different views taught like 
talk and um, debate. And, and it's why I think our, our, our show has always been a, the against cancel culture, even though that is so annoying even to just say because of how fucking stupid the discourse about it has gotten. Oh no, no. <laughs> it's a popular understanding. Yeah, though. It's, it's, it's just, um, it's, it's all, it's, you know, as long as we are interested in the fields of like, uh, politics and philosophy, it all needs to be, yeah, talked about. It's all going to be important to talk about in this, in this realm, at least. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> welcome. Welcome to philosophy corner. It's us, your favorite philosophy. People. I never wanted to consider myself into philosophy. <laughs> Oh, I tricked you. I got you into it just by, just by babbling. Well, it's all and and honestly, and Marx really helped because it's like, oh, I understand that, like, yeah, Marx has this like one conception as Marx in philosophy and Marx in political economy and um and whatever, and like you can like think about it in all these different ways and like, okay, that I get it now. Now I get how it all kind of like links and makes sense together. <laughs> Yeah. I don't know. I don't know either. <laughs> Let's title this one We Don't we really Know. Don't, but it was a good convo. I really enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, I enjoyed it too. <laughs> enjoyed thinking in real time. Hope it made sense. It didn't, but all right. <laughs> well, let's have fun. <laughs> let's have fun. Lots of fun. Let's have fun. Let's have fun, let's have fun, lots of fun. <laughs>